I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. I really want to, it's, it would take way too long, but I really want to just like go back and just take all of your audio and just make you say like ridiculous things. <laughs> like the Captain Holt um, meme board that she made in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it's like, get some, get some. she's like i can make him say anything now (laughs) exactly welcome back this is the feeney podcast it's a beautiful not so beautiful friday here and along with my co-host jacqueline this is josh and we are ready for another episode of boy meets world jacqueline are you ready i am more ready than i've ever been that is wonderful to hear We've got an excellent episode. I think this may be one of the last ones that are out of order, and we can just ignore the craziness that is the out of order Boy Meets World episodes. But we're looking at episode 16, according to Disney Plus, which is a great episode. It features a lot of the kids in this episode and uh, a lot of funny lines by everyone. So I'm really excited to dive into this one. This is a fantastic episode. It's another one of those that I would say is just like, vintage boy meets world there are scenes from it moments from it lines from it that you will definitely remember as you're listening to this slash as you're re-watching it um it is a classic and it is very good and it's got a former si swimsuit model featured very heavily so what more could you want uh that y- yep <laughs> what, <laughs> what more could you want exactly do you want to mention or say anything before we dive into this episode? Uh, I do want to say that I've been really hard on Minkus as a character. And yet last week when Minkus wasn't in the episode, I didn't even take a moment to celebrate that. So, um, you know, I didn't miss you, Minkus. Sorry that you're back in this one. But I didn't find him to be annoying in this episode at all. I thought he added a lot. Yeah, he actually does. So it's uh, he's really up and down. And it's for those of you counting down the minutes, this will be one of Mingus's last episodes. As we we've mentioned, he does not appear in the second season really at all. So take him, take him while you can. Yeah, yeah. Smoke them while you got them. <laughs> <laughs> Get them while they're hot. Uh, that's I'm, that's a, I'm out. I'm all yeah. I'm all good. Out. That's that's enough. All right. Episode recap. Por favor. Okay. TV Guide says, Corey comes to realize that nobody's family is perfect when he and his classmates are assigned to work together as a cohesive family. Mm -hmm. Um, I will let that stand, but I will add, Eric gets discovered as a model at the mall and delusionally thinks this will be his big break. Yes. Excellent. You gotta, you can't have this episode without mentioning Eric and the modeling. I think that the Eric modeling plot is the A plot line and the kids with their 
project is the B plot line. I don't think that was how it was intended to be written, but as a viewer, one is much more enjoyable than the other. Yeah, that's true. So where else would we start an episode other than school? Although we don't know we're technically at school at the beginning because we are watching TV while watching TV. We're watching an old episode of Leave It to Beaver. And Beaver is reading a poem to his family. This was a confusing start for me. I didn't know what was happening until we pulled out. And I it took me a while to figure out even what the show was because I never really watched Leave It to Beaver. I've never watched a single minute of that show. I think... Someone said called him Beaver in the clip, and that's when I sort of figured it out. But yeah, I, I I didn't recognize that immediately. It was just some kid with a high pitched voice reading a poem. Yeah, it's funny that we both like know what Leave It to Beaver is without ever having really watched it. It's just kind of one of those things that I guess has been mentioned enough in other TV shows. Yeah, it, it's just sort of a thing that everybody knows about at this point. Right. So they pull out from the TV show and we're kind of talking about family units. Feeney's got his dark winter suit on looking nice and fly. Topanga, we notice, is in front of Corey. I always make sure to check the chair in front of Corey to see who's sitting there because you never know when it's going to be a random girl. But it was Topanga, but harder to recognize because she, again, has the kind of wavy hair. It's not really crimped like that look in the early episodes. Her hair is so beautiful. I mean, it just looks so good. She's got the curl going. Yeah, we got a we got a weird poem to start. It leads in and it leads into the assignment that we're going to be talking about the ideal family and we're going to break the class into groups of four to pretend that they are family and uh, surprise, surprise, Minkus, Topanga, Corey and Sean get paired up as a family. Feeney must, I don't know, he's a glutton for punishment because he is putting Corey and Sean together and then... Minkus and Corey and Sean together, no less, when he knows that all they ever do is cause a ruckus in his classroom. Yeah, the dynamic between this four is volatile. And like you said, he just he doesn't care. He's going to see what happens. Well, once again, it is easier to teach only these four students if you just keep them together, you know? Yeah, I do have a note. Classic teaching to only four kids. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So they have to write what they think their ideal counterpart would be. So if if they're assigned the role of the kid, they have to write their ideal sibling. If they're assigned the role of a parent, they have to write the role of their ideal partner. And then the other student has to act out that role. Exactly right. And I assume Feeney gives them a problem that they need to solve while adhering to those roles. Right, which we don't learn about right here, but we're going to dive into that a little bit as the episode goes on. Right. Um, So it sets the scene for that side of the episode and what's going to happen later. And now we're going to set the scene on the other side. And we're in the mall, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first non-set scene that we get in the Boy Meets World world. Uh, Well, I think it definitely was a set, (laughs) but... Well, the first non-house, non-school, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Other than house, school, and backyard, I don't think we've been anywhere else. Yeah, so we're out and about. Boy Meets World is branching out into the mall, the same mall that allegedly one of Eric's old girlfriends was called a bad name at. So we've got some mixed feelings about this mall. Oh, yeah. 
Corey also skipped school and went to that mall one day. So this is a hotbed of illicit activity. Eric has himself a friend for the first time. Finally, Eric is at the mall trolling for high school hotties with his buddy, his sidekick, Jason. Yeah, and Jason is a TGIF staple among staples. This guy is in all of the good shows. Uh, Let's do a quick rundown of who Jason is because this guy is just a classic 90s actor. Yes, he is. Jason Marsden. Marsden! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me that hurt my throat he is literally in every every 90s sitcom he always plays the best friend right he has a big recurring role in step by step um but you probably know him a lot for his voice acting roles he is the voice of thackeray binks in hocus pocus and max goof in a goofy movie and he has a huge voice acting career he is like Every video game, every animated series, he was in The Fairly Odd Parents. No, I've never watched that. It's um Miyazaki. He did the voice, one of the voices in Spirited Away, that famous Miyazaki movie. He literally like his voice is in everything. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. The only thing I think you missed was in the 90s recap, he was also DJ's rich boyfriend for four episodes on Full House. So he's got Full House, Step by Step, and Boy Meets World. He plays the best friend or a a, a significant other in all of those shows. So he's pretty typecast and, like you said, a lot of voiceover work, but very excited that Eric's got a friend to goof around with. Yeah, he also has a really funny role in will and grace in 2002 he's he's a very short man and he plays this like i think will gets like set up on a date with him and he shows up and then he the guy's like so short and it's funny he's he's really good he's a talented guy very obvious how short he is because a woman comes up to eric and tells him he's unbelievably handsome and this woman is towering over both of them she's very beautiful and her name is alexis Okay, well, she is a supermodel, literally, so we know that she's probably at least 5'10". I guess I could probably find this information out, but uh, Alexis is none other than supermodel-cum-mogul Kathy Ireland. Yes, good old Kathy Ireland. She is exactly 5'10", so good guess there. Just a few fun facts as I was researching her page. She has appeared in 13 or had appeared in 13 consecutive SI swimsuit issues, which is insane. Uh, She's 31 years old at this point in time and in the time this episode is airing. And since then, since her modeling career, she started her own company, which has made more than $400 million. Uh, It's a brand marketing company. So she made a ton of money modeling, Uh, Her 1989 SI cover was voted the greatest of all time, where she's wearing a very prominent yellow bikini. She was also in the cover in 92 and 94, and only Elle McPherson has more SI covers than she does. So a really long modeling career followed by a really successful business career. Yeah, I lump her in with like those, just those like powerhouse supermodels from the 80s and 90s, like Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Christy Brinkley, who just like went on to all become fashion and media 
icons. Yeah, Tyra Banks and and all the stuff she's done for Runway. Yes, Tyra Banks. I knew I was like, I'm missing someone really important here. Tyra Banks is who I was missing. Yep. Um, so we get we get a fun little cameo here, and she she her acting is great, and she comes over and she asks Eric if he wants to be a model and, and tells him how beautiful he is, and Eric it just is literally at a loss for words. Yeah. So his buddy is like, "Are you really going to ditch me to go talk to this girl?" And then like does the hokey turn around, looks at her and looks back at Eric and goes, see ya and leaves. Like, of course he's going to ditch her, ditch his friend to go talk to this supermodel who's calling him gorgeous and saying he needs to be a model. Um, So that's how we leave it at the mall. Also just the mall in this scene is so ridiculous. It's like if you closed your eyes and tried to picture the most nineties shopping mall you could. Yeah, we got a lot of that food court in the background. Hard to make out the names of any of the restaurants back there, but I guarantee you there's a Sparrow's somewhere not too far. Sure, sure. So we are at the house. The kids are in Corey's kitchen and they are practicing their role. So everyone's written their profile for their counterpart, Sean for Minkus, Minkus for Sean, Corey and Depenga are the parents. So they've written each other's ideal profiles and they're now reading through to try to figure out what their role is going to be. Yes, Corey tells Topanga his ideal definition of a wife, and it's like, doesn't care if my room's messy, always wants to play street hockey, and she's like, why don't you just marry Sean? And he goes, because our kids would look like horses. Yeah, which I didn't really get. I I guess he just means ugly, right? But that was like a... Is that offensive? I thought he just meant like, because they'd be ugly. Oh, hopefully it wasn't something bad. (laughs) Why the long face offensive to horses? (laughs) I thought he was just like making fun of Sean because he's like, Sean's ugly and our kids would be ugly. Yeah, Seabiscuit would be rolling in his grave. R.I.P. (laughs) Seabiscuit. Sean gets Minkus's booklets like 40 pages long and he just throws it across the room and they're kind of goofing off and all of a sudden, Eric comes home and just lays on the modeling thick. Eric comes in. He is on cloud nine. He thinks that he is going to be the next hot male model. And he's like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. And he recites like the Calvin Klein obsession commercial. And he's just going crazy. Merman. Merman. <laughs> exactly. But why male models? Perfume slash fragrance commercials are the worst thing ever. And these obsession commercials are so memorable. They, yeah, we really don't see them too much anymore, but they were a big thing in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, buddy. He tells everyone that he was discovered at the mall and this and this table of somehow savvy sixth graders are like, yeah, buddy, you got scammed. Which how they know about this mall scam, I'm not sure, but... He's like, it's not a scam. It's not a scam. And they're like, yeah, did you pay $90? You were scammed. Exactly. Minkus knows because he also, he he says, no, it's not a scam. They picked me too. And that's when Eric <laughs> really realizes that, oh yeah, this is a scam. That's <laughs> when he's like, oh shit. And he puts his head down and he's like, oh, I've been scammed. Meanwhile, my girl walks in and she busts Eric real hard with a hilarious line. She just walks over and says... Girls are gonna dump you all your life, so get over it. 
Of all the good clips in this show, and you're going to use Morgan's line? Come on. That's a hilarious line. Get over it, man. Okay. Morgan lover. And as Morgan is dissing Eric here, Alan comes in and he realizes that Eric has paid $90 for these headshots and he is pissed. He is pissed, but ultimately Amy convinces him to let Eric make his mistakes and learn from his own mistakes and not try to boss him around and tell him what he needs to do. To which Alan replies, I've been a parent for 15 years and I think I know a little better than to trust my own kids. Yeah, that's a great line. So if if last week's episode was like cheery, uh, lighthearted Alan, this episode is like grumpy dad to the max Alan. He is just... His family is just testing him this whole episode and his patience is wearing thin. Yeah. As Alan and Amy are having this conversation and Amy saying, listen, you know, let him make his own mistakes. He'll learn. And it turns out she's right because Eric comes out and says, listen, I know it's a scam. I'm going to go get my money back. Like, don't worry about me. I'm going to make this right. And so Alan's thinking, man, like, you know, you're right. This We just need to let him figure it out himself and he's going to make this right. But little... Do they know what's about to happen? So Eric grabs his his sidekick, Jason, once more and goes back to the mall and he's going to stand up to Kathy Ireland and demand his $90 back. But as soon as he walks up to her, she says, oh, I got you a job. It pays $50. And uh, if they like you, then we'll we'll get you some more gigs. And he is right back to like, oh, my God, I'm a model. Which, uh, you know. Is this technically modeling what he's going to end up doing? Who knows? But if he would have just done this modeling gig two times at $50 a pop, he would have been out ahead. So it's not technically a scam if you're still like actually getting jobs. from. It would be a scam if you weren't going to get any jobs at all. And it was just like, here, give me your money. Never call me again. But he's actually got a chance to make some like half the money back. Yeah. So this is a model in the way that like Abercrombie would call the pe- the greeters at their store models. And the reason they do that is because it allows them to discriminate against what people look like if they call it a model. How like every Vegas pool bar, they call them models uh, so that they can choose to hire people that look a certain way. Um, So I'm pretty sure that's what the deal with this was because they didn't need a model. They needed a body that fit in uh, the costume that Eric is going to be asked to wear shortly. But yeah, no, you're right. Had he just, you know, done a couple of these, he would have made his $90 back. But, uh, you know, it uh, it didn't really go to plan. But he also lets it go to his head and he gets one $50 gig and quits his job at the market. Yeah, he doesn't even know what the job is. It's going to pay him a measly $50, but he thinks that this is going to be his ticket out. So as soon as he gets home, he takes his apron and he gives it back to his dad and says, I'm out. I don't need the grocery business anymore. I'm going to become a supermodel. And uh, Alan kind of mumbling then is like, oh, let him work it out for himself, you said. Just sit back, you said. Yeah, he is grouchy. And Amy finally is like, okay, I'm letting you. I don't remember if she says like off the leash or out of the cage. And he runs and like grabs Eric and tries to talk some sense into him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eric says, you know, I'm going to be a supermodel. 
And Alan says, we're going to let him make his mistakes. He's going to realize this is dumb and, and it's going to work out. So he, he kind of calms down after that moment. I love the scene of him talking to Eric because he is just like fuming, but he's like, I am not the type of father who dismisses his son's well-considered aspirations with some quickly tossed off parental negativity. That's it? Shut up! But Corey is watching all of this. He's not really getting it. He's not understanding why Alan isn't just telling Eric, like, you're not quitting your job. This modeling thing is a no-go. And he, in a very unaware move, tries to start giving Alan parenting advice. Right. Because his school project has made him an expert in being a good husband and parent. Yeah, and Alan Alan kind of shrugs him off a little bit. He's like, you know, I'm going to trust you guys. My favorite scene from this, which is back in the classroom with all of the family members playing the roles that they're supposed to. So Sean is playing the older brother geek. And he's making an argument that tattoos are ruining your body and you shouldn't do it. Meanwhile, Minkus is playing the cool kid and he's lobbing insults and saying, tattoos, I can do whatever I want. It's my body. Yeah, I guess the premise here is that cool kid wants a tattoo and the rest of the family is weighing in on and having like a family meeting to determine if they should be allowing their son to get a tattoo. Yes, and they need to resolve this problem somehow. And- all of the actors in this scene, all of these kids do an awesome job of just nailing the like affects of each other's language and speech pattern. They do a really good job. And Sean specifically does a very good like Minkus impersonation. I can't fathom why any human being in full possession of his faculties would want to render himself permanently disfigured with so-called body art. But I think they do all do a good job. So Topanga is the like Phillies jersey wearing wife, which she doesn't really have much of a like thing other than the Phillies jersey. Corey is the like hippy dippy kumbaya spirit husband. And um, Minkus is wanting the tattoo. Exactly. So everybody's got their little roles that they're playing. And the big reveal here is right as the family's trying to decide on what to do, Minkus reveals a giant dragon tattoo on his chest and just pulls up his shirt in the middle of the class and really shocks everyone in the in the room. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Topanga is like, Minkus, a tattoo. It speaks to me. And Sean thinks Minkus is so cool that he did this. Meanwhile, Corey is ticked because he just ruined the project. They had agreed that the the family was going to decide no tattoo. Yeah. Minkus and Sean actually have like a legitimate bond here. Like they, they kind of like do a handshake and, and Sean is like actually legitimately impressed with what Minkus has done. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cute, but also I was like, does Sean not realize that it's not a real tattoo? Yeah. still, I, for like sixth grade, that's still badass. Like big dragon. Even if it's not real. <laughs> um, right. So Corey's mad because Minkus broke the rules and that they didn't solve this problem as a family. But of course we get a Feeny lesson here that there is no really such thing as a model parent. There's no model family. An ideal family is really just one that adapts and that has a lot of love inside. So here's my question, Josh. Only one group has presented so far. Mm -hmm. And 
turns out this whole lesson was just like a, uh, a trick, really. Like, ah, there was no right answer. So now what about all the other teams that still need to present? Is Feeney just like, forget it. It was a it was a trick question. We're not going to do anyone else's project. Like, what is what is this lesson? Let's assume that they were the last group to go and that all of the other families who are made of kids that don't necessarily hate each other did actually come to a more normal agreement on that. The parents were going to help resolve the issue and the kids were just going to fall in line. So maybe there was just a more normal situation there. But yeah, that's a that's a good point. We don't we don't know like what what is being learned really. Yeah, I literally do not understand the purpose of this lesson. And we know that like Feeney is there to teach these more abstract life lessons and is there to teach about like being a good human being. But at some point you do have to teach the middle schoolers how to like do math and stuff. So. Yeah. What, what <laughs> class is this happening in? And Right. Life is- skills. Is the better lesson here that Corey shouldn't be wearing an Indian feather because it's a little racist? Maybe that's a lesson that we need to take away. That is a better lesson. And this would have been a good opportunity uh, to speak to the class about cultural appropriation. Exactly. Um, But we don't get that lesson. What we do end this scene with, however, is a funny meta joke about having the best writers in Hollywood and Feeney like literally turns to the camera, looks at it and says, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Corey is like, well, you know, Beaver's dad always knows what to say. And Mr. Feeney's like, he's not real. He has a script. And Corey's like, well, I guess it's easy to be the perfect dad when you have the best writers in Hollywood. And then Feeney goes, I wouldn't know, which is, you know, ha ha ha, a little, a little breaking of the fourth wall there. But um, it was cute. It was a cute joke. It was. It's always a little weird when the show isn't like known for doing that and they just kind of like slip one in every once in a while for like the extra poking fun at themselves. But I don't mind it. No, I think it's good. Also, you know, it's still the first season, so they really aren't known for anything just yet. That's fair. That's a good point. (laughs) This great scene in the classroom is followed by a great scene at the mall where we're going to get our Jacqueline dubbed a plot really come into a climax here because Eric's walking in and we've got some attire conversations to have about this scene. This scene is so good and so funny. I was literally choking on my coffee. Like it is such a farce and like every character is just finding themselves at this mall at the same moment. And it's so funny. Um, So Eric shows up in like, (laughs) what is he even wearing? It's like this all black, cool model guy outfit it's tough to tell whether there's a leather cutoff jacket or it's just hard to tell the sleeves but leather jacket like black turtleneck it's it's absurd and yeah he's got these girls on his arm yeah his little like beatnik outfit he's got these two girls with him uh none of that i you know i looked into both of them one of them didn't even have a photo on her imdb so i was like okay this isn't going anywhere but um the, the other one was like on Baywatch and stuff. So anyway, he's got two cute girls. His buddy Jason is there to be wingman for him. And they go talk to the the photographer. And he's like, okay, we're, we're going to start the shoot at four. Go get into wardrobe. Eric's like, okay, Jason, make sure you get the girls back here at four so they can see my modeling work in action. 
So Jason takes the girls away. And Eric then at this moment finds out that this modeling job is actually him being dressed in a giant lobster suit in the middle of the mall. And he's going to humiliate himself. Which, like, you obviously saw the costume before you. (laughs) But he's in it. (laughs) He's got both claws on. And then he's like, I quit. I'm like, really? You had to put the red tights on before you said you quit? Maybe he's putting. Maybe this will. Yeah, he's putting it on. He's like, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. This will look all right, actually. I'm pretty. Oh, no. (laughs) And you move your claw and, like, all those little under claws move at the same time. And. (laughs) Yeah, he is really regretting what's happening. And of course, like you said, in in just classic sitcom fashion, Corey and Sean happen to be there and they walk by and Sean gets in a couple of really funny jabs at Eric. This whole thing is so good. Eric is ducking behind a trash can and he's like, Corey! Corey, that lobster over there seems to know you. (laughs) Boy, what kind of idiot would wear one of these get-ups at the mall? Come here! Apparently, Eric. (laughs) Eric, this may come as somewhat of a shock, but you're a lobster, dude. (laughs) Jason and I invited two girls here to watch me model. Well, I hope they bring a side of Salah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... Yeah. I can't go on. It's so funny. And then Eric Eric grabs him by the neck with his giant (laughs) lobster claw. And he's like, he's like, listen, buddy. Oh my God, it was so and, funny. Uh, the the Sean trifecta line is they wander back over to find Jason to tell him like, Eric's sick. Don't like bring the girls around. And uh, a fake Freudian slip, Sean says. He's a bit under the water. I mean, <laughs> and they kind of give each other a chuckle. And Jason's a little confused. He's not sure what's going on. Eric was like so excited and feeling good and the girls are like oh man like where is he i thought he was gonna do this and and no one no one knows what's going on so we think eric's out of the woods jason's gonna take the girls away and then the mall announcer comes on and attention shoppers come win a free lobster dinner and the two girls are like oh you have to win us a lobster jason blah 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 and so they like walk over to the win a lobster dinner who wants a lobster dinner from the mall food court i do not know but all you had to do was dunk the lobster into the tub o butter which just looked like water with yellow food coloring in it and poor eric is the lobster sitting in the dunk tank and now they're all laughing at him larry the lobster and his mom is there for some reason, right? And Morgan's like, that lobster's my brother. So she's yelling and yelling his name. And it's literally like everyone is converging on this exact space at this exact moment. We've got Eric's entire family, his best friend, two girls that were showing interest in him, and the supermodel. And everyone's crowding around. And really, Jason's got no choice here. He throws away... 12 years of friendship not really but he uh he's you know he's he's all in on throwing and he throws quite the fastball drills the dunking uh mechanism and then in goes eric the lobster he does not hold back he really lobs that thing also a uh, fun fact will friedel was jason marsden's best man at his wedding oh that is a good fun fact so they're actually they're real life buddies 
think isn't Sean and Eric in real life were buddies too. Yes. Yeah, they're really good friends. And later on in the show, they had to like not put them in too many scenes together because they literally would just start laughing and never stop and they couldn't get anything done. So they had to just be like, okay, well, you're not going to be in any scenes together. What a shame. (laughs) What, What a shame indeed. But anyway, so now Jason really comes out on top here because he's got two girls on his arm. Eric is covered in butter. And now he's won a free lobster dinner. Yeah. So I guess him and these two girls are just all going to share one lobster. He will not be feeling good in four hours when he's sitting on the toilet for the whole rest of the night <laughs> for eating mall Ooh. lobster. Oh, I shouldn't have trusted that <laughs> mall lobster. Right. He's Yeah, he is riding high right here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric is at home and he realizes... What a huge mistake he's made that he never should have trusted this lady. He's not going to be a supermodel. And he's really putting on a show for his dad to try to get his job back. You said riding high again. Oh, no. (laughs) Jason was riding high. He's riding. Uh, No, he's not. (laughs) But (laughs) not not yet. So, um, Literally, I have not stopped laughing at this lobster scene, but Eric at this point has, I think, pretty much learned his lessons, right? Like he realized that quitting his job for one modeling job was stupid. He realized that he should not have given up his steady paycheck and that the modeling thing was kind of a bust. And he's now trying to get back into his dad's good graces by begging for his job at the supermarket back. Yeah, he is asking and he's willing to go past begging into groveling if necessary, uh, which was a funny little hierarchy of asking for something. But the job's already been given to someone else. And Alan says, I can't fire them just because you want to come back. Like, that's not the way this works. And Eric kind of pulls out a, a little metaphor here about a misroll and monopoly. And when something bad would happen when they were playing this game as a kid, his dad would let him re-roll and... Uh, would give him a do-over basically and Eric's asking for a do-over here so he can get his job back and Alan really just says you know Eric like you got to make your own mistakes and we like that's not the way life works you don't always get a do-over like that so you you can't have your job back. In the like hierarchy of things that your kid could be asking you to like undo for them this one's pretty minor but a good you know like it's not like he was like well, I'm sorry that I spent all my money on like a car and then crashed it, but like you have to buy me another car. You know, it wasn't something like that. It was pretty minor in the grand scheme of things, but still a good opportunity to teach him a lesson. And I think Alan does a pretty good job of like not over punishing him, but still having him live with some of the consequences of his decisions. Yeah, he comes to a fair compromise. He can't let Eric have his regular job back because, like he said, he's already given that job to someone else. But he doesn't make Eric go out and have to try to find another job somewhere else. He says, we could use some help on the weekend night shift and you are welcome to that job if that's something you want to do. And he's trying to, you know, Eric's contemplating whether he wants to give up his weekends and nights. And Corey's like, what's the difference? You're going to ever date again after that whole lobster experience? (laughs) Good point. And then Eric immediately accepts the job. Exactly. It just it just made me think of like, do you remember that affluenza kid yeah. who like 
murdered someone and then his lawyers tried to argue that like his parents never he never had consequences so he became a monster basically so the lesson here is don't turn your kid into a psychopath by covering up all their mistakes yeah this isn't a huge mistake and it's one that he can live with and get through and also move on from so they do a nice job of resolving that as a family And the final kind of nail in the lesson coffin here is in talking to Corey about what a family is. It's a living, breathing thing. And then you can't always make these decisions, you know, easily that you've got to take each scenario on its own. And and Alan's done a pretty good job here. Yeah, I think so. He didn't uh, he didn't get too hot under the collar throughout the whole thing. And even though his kids were really, uh, really pushing him to the limits of his patience here. They were. But this like Eric in the mall wearing that lobster suit, that scene has been burned into my brain since I first saw this when I was a kid. And it was such a treat to rewatch it. Yeah, I better see that picture on Instagram. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that does it other than after the credits, Corey is hanging out at the mall and he's trying to talk up Kathy Ireland, who obviously he's a little kid and she is not paying him any mind. although. We know that Minkus got a gig or at least signed up, but it apparently all just comes out of the money. She says, do you have $90? Get lost, little kid. Yeah, I think they really just needed another Kathy Ireland scene in here to get their money's worth out of this celebrity guest appearance. That's a good point, because I would have said if I had any option on like what I would be doing as a post-credit scene here, it would have been more of the kids acting like they're like counterparts and seeing Sean acting like a nerd or seeing Corey acting like Topanga that that was for me like some of the best acting and I would have liked to see a little bit more of that yeah agreed agreed they've had some uh really impressive guest stars in season one so far so they just gotta they gotta milk that beautiful Kathy Ireland face so here we are. That does it for this episode. Like we said at the beginning, really, really strong. Maybe the best one so far. I laughed a ton and really just liked all of the characters in this episode. Yeah, agreed. Even my not usual favorite Minkus I thought was pretty funny in this episode. Totally. So that does it for another episode of Feeny Podcast. There's going to be some good episodes coming your way. I'm excited about the rest of season one. Some good meaty stuff in here. Cool. Well, thanks for talking through that one with me and enjoy your lobster dinner tonight. Mm, Thank you. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Yuck.